Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life for attention. Hi, Sassy. Hi, Paul. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm just drinking me WKD. God, what a fucking blast from the past. You know what I've realised is it tastes exactly like water down slush, like melted slush, blue slush. And I was fully banned from blue slush because you remember when the blue food colouring was like heroin or something and it used to Uh make us bounce around. Uh Well, heroin doesn't really make you do that, does it? (laughs) MD? (laughs) I think it was what they put in it was MDMA. Yes, um, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but they actually got banned and it was banned and that's oh, why I the remember. blue Smarties went away. But now they're back, but they're just not the same blue. They look like they've been painted. Any of that kind of stuff. So it's probably why I became a WKD addict the second I turned 18. Well, that's the other thing is my mom was terrified of Alka Pops. She was really trying to force us to drink beer when I was like 14. <laughs> because <laughs> actually yeah I, all, I think my mum was as well actually because she was convinced she's like what about all of the chemicals in it I'm like well I don't think mm. beer comes from like the Scottish mountains but like <laughs> but I remember terrible actually there was this my parents know about it so if they're listening mm-hmm. this will probably bring back bad memories but there was this time when there was this like estate in Walls End where I grew up and a good sort of 15 of us would just meet up there in year eight in a field and just get mortal on Alka Pops. And then I'd get picked up by my parents and try to pretend that I wasn't drunk. And then, I mean, it's so problematic looking back because we were 13, 14. And um, this guy who was, he was definitely old enough to buy a drink because he would buy the drink for her. And one time, I know, I gave him my money and to buy, I think, this is terrible actually. (laughs) I gave him my money to buy... To be honest, WKD, I loved, but it was a bit too expensive. I used to have, there used to be quite a lot of different flavors of Smirnoff. So you'd have Smirnoff mm-hmm. ice, but then there was different ones and they were all delicious. And instead of giving us change, he gave us a quarter liter of vodka. I was 13. Hey, hang on. How does that work? Instead I don't giving... know. He was oh, probably trying God. to groom us. Well, yeah, I think so. And I was like, um... hey, cheers, babes. <laughs> Mixed it straight in. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember trying to drink it out of the bottle and just oh. be like I can't I don't understand how anyone likes this and I don't think I actually did drink yeah. it the fir- this is quite incriminating um but the first time that I ever got drunk <laughs> I was 11 years old oh, Lord. and uh, it was yeah it's not good that is it it was at my babysitter's 21st birthday party <laughs> and, <Nonce>. um, <laughs> but my dad was there this is the problem my dad was there and it was a bar, and these all of these twenty-one-year-olds just in a bar. Yeah, I was in a bar, and I was like tiger, tiger. <laughs> no, <laughs> be at one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they kept giving me these WKDs, and I think I was maybe on my fifth or sixth WKD, and I was pissed, and I was walking like staggering to the toilet, and my dad intercepted me, and he went, "How many is that?" 
And I was like, oh, it's only my second. It's only my second. And he went, no, it's not. I've been counting. <laughs> He's like, it's your fifth or something. And then he took the bottle off me and just fucking like strawpedoed it in one go. And I was furious. Sorry, was but like, if you've been counting, he probably could have brought this up with you a lot earlier in the night. <laughs> I think my dad was in on the joke. I think he thought it was really funny. Oh, dear. And then the next day she had like... Um, brunch thing because everyone had like stayed in the local vicinity and we went and I was hungover and they all thought it was really funny I remember thinking like this is class like they all think I'm a legend oh there was nothing better than being hungover when you were that age though well maybe not 11 (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get drunk again for a long long time after that but yeah yeah I remember reading this really fascinating article on the rise and fall of the Pop. And mm. because it was really quite a flash in the pan. I've read it. I've read that article. Have you? I think it yeah, was on BBC I'm... Yeah. Um, a few years ago. We'll try and find it. And yeah, they, they weren't around and they weren't popular for all that long. And now they're incredibly not popular anymore. But mm-hmm. when you read it, it's so obvious. But they were just aimed at children. That's what it was. They were bright colours and different sweets and like and ridiculous sweets. Yeah, but I mean, same as beer. Like, if, if I drank this pints and pints and pints of this, I'd be on me bloody back. But mm-hmm. it was just, I really liked the way that the article was crafted. Uh, <laughs> it was really short, but I just thought, oh, God, that is so true. It's like, obviously they're aimed at kids and that's just, the, the, the younger generation just don't, you, can you imagine giving this to a Gen Zer? They'd be like, yeah, excuse no. me, mm-hmm. I'm not drinking anything that colour, get me my coconut water and I'll <laughs> inject it. No. No, they'll inhale it via a diffuser. Yes, wow, they'll... so not Gen Z. You know what I've started doing as well, speaking of not being Gen Z, particularly with my friend Stacey. So Stacey has just discovered voice notes. <laughs> so she sends me <laughs> loads of voice notes and I reply in voice notes. And I'd say every fifth or sixth voice note, I accidentally send one of those octopus pictures. She sends <laughs> a voice note that's two minutes of si- two minutes of silence. Like... <laughs> And every time we do it, we just we just reply with the, the picture of the old man or the old woman. But it just happens <laughs> all the time. It's just it's quite horrible. I feel like my youth is slipping away quite a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Technology is advancing beyond us. I do remember as well when I quote unquote ironically began drinking WKDs again when I was of legal drinking age, just because mm. I was like, yeah, this is cool because no one else is doing it. But then I quickly realized that they just weren't getting me pissed and my teeth felt like they were rotting in my head. Yeah, hurting. They're hurting a bit now. Bruised. Um, <laughs> and I started drinking cheeky Vimto's. Ooh, gorgeous. Oh, do you remember them? So yeah, I do. Good. They were so good. Um, I've, I've t- I think we're getting to that point on the podcast where it's been so many episodes that we're probably going to repeat stories. So we'll- <laughs> yeah, fuck it. But I think I have told the story about how in Powerhouse it was 90 pence for a VK. So yeah. you would just have all of your fingers in them. But yeah. another, there was this other bar called Basement that was Whoa. at the, hay, the Haymarket, yeah, in, in Newcastle. The Haymarket was at a monument. Anyway, and they would do three pints of Skittles for a fiver. Pints. And if you don't know what Skittles are, I don't know, if it, are they big anywhere else? Skittles. Yeah, so. Skittle bombs. No Skittles, pints of Skittles. <laughs> Not like a shot. Yeah, but the same formula. <laughs> so a Skittle bomb is like, it's got this, the Skittles you drink in the middle with Red Bull around it, like a Jaeger mm-hmm. bomb. But Skittles, I didn't learn until I started working at this grotty bar, is Taboo. Remember Taboo? Oh, That's not oh, around anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. Blue Curacao, like blue balls or whatever. Gin, orange Whoa. juice and lemonade. 
a pint of that. Uh, three pints, babe. And the other <laughs> thing they used to do, you used to be able to get three trebles for a fiver. And what they would mm-hmm. do is you could, and, and the USP of this bar is you could get like Vimto and Iron Brew. And it was just an E number party in that place. And what they would do is just open a can of Iron Brew, tip a bit of it out, and then put the three shots in the top. Whoa. Just just saving on glassware. It yeah, was, fair. but obviously when you were sipping it, it was just pure oh. alcohol on the top, and it was like the the vodka that the you could use to fucking clean the inside of an oven. <laughs> um, isn't it strange that Newcastle's got such a reputation of drinking and and just alcoholism in general? It really seems yeah. reserved. Do they do? They used to have it in the Chronicle, which is the local Newcastle paper, where. Right. On a Sunday, they would have all of the pictures from the Saturday night out on a from double a page out. spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. so jealous of the people who got to be in those pictures. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, I think I've, I miss all of that. Like, I am VIP. You get your. That was a weird system, wasn't it? The keyring system mm-hmm. where you'd mm-hmm. be like, say, do you want a keyring? And you'd say no until you'd had four VKs and then you'd say yes. <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, I'll find you later. And you'd be like, what? Is that not like a ticket system? Are you not gonna? It's not like a butcher's when you give us a raffle ticket. And then, sure enough, it could be an hour later, could be four hours later. They would be like, "There you go," just like appear in front of you in a puff of smoke, and then charge you like five quid. Uh-huh. And there was always that person in the friendship group whose keys had fifty of these fucking yeah, key rings on with disgusting pictures from night out. Oh, oh, they were the days. We used to go to this bar called Max, this nightclub called Max. It was awful and they used to I'm not really sure what the entire vibe was was in there um but we used to get like you know sandcastle buckets yes yeah you just drink your drinks out of a sandcastle bucket so they just this bucket and then they give you like four straws because the idea was that you were sharing them but obviously you just walk around the club with your little sandcastle bucket that is such an innovative idea because it's it's like a bag you've got a little handle for your drink Exactly. I feel. I bet what I would what I would do for attention is swing them round. You know how you can <laughs> swing a bottle of water around yeah. and it doesn't go anywhere. I'd do that and fucking fucking soak myself. You know what? I've just remembered actually. So again, in powerhouse, we used to have shop. But this is really problematic. But I'm just going to put myself out there so that you know I'm not a perfect person. You know, well, yeah. You know James from Geordie Shaw, like OG Geordie Shaw. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a shop boy in Powerhouse before Geordie Shaw. Nice. And they all used to walk around topless, like steghead, henchy guys. And we would obviously always just talk to them all night. And then we would ask if we could get a picture of us licking their back. So I know, uh, I know. So me and Stacey <laughs> would go around just being like, hiya, can we lick your back? And they'd be like, um, okay. And we would just have multiple pictures of us licking these shop boys' backs. I know. <laughs> And then one time there was a new shop boy <laughs> and we said, hi, can we lick your back? And he went, oh, you two are the back lickers. And we were like, what? And he said, we've had a staff meeting about it. Oh. And you know what? Oh, no. We weren't embarrassed. We were proud. No, Paul, that is mortifying. Isn't it disgusting? If you if you if you trawl through my Facebook, you'll definitely be able to find a picture of me licking James from Geordie Shaw's back. Well, there you go. One of your multiple claims to fame. I know. And speaking of, yeah, should we talk about this week's book? Yes. I've been told as well, and I know that this is I know this is a fact that I affect a Geordie accent on this podcast, Paul. It's a sign of friendship and assimilation. 
Well, why haven't you started doing a Preston one? I have. <laughs> I fu- fucking have. Live them. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first word that came to me head. Isn't live them really posh? Yeah, live them step posh. <laughs> live them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll work on it. Um, so this week, Paul... We have read The Thursday Murder Club and it is the debut novel by Richard Osman, who is the presenter of Pointless and Your Mistress. <laughs> it was released in 2020, but I've written here, who gives a shit? Um, and I don't know why. Uh, through a third person, oh, it's told through a third person, more traditional, but not omniscient narrative and the occasional first person chapters in the format of diary entries the story follows Joyce a former nurse Ibrahim a former psychiatrist Ron a former trade unionist and Elizabeth a former spy as the fact that they're all retired might suggest the Thursday murder club is set against the backdrop of an incredibly luxurious retirement village there's a swimming pool a bulls green and of course a murder club the four meet each Thursday over gallons of wine and they try to uncover truths about uh, decades old cold cases until a murder happens right on their doorstep. Um, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, and obviously, as you all know by now, we're drinking WKDs because this book is mainly about the geriatrics. Me and Paul, well, Paul will argue that he isn't a geriatric, but <laughs> A symptom of his geriatricism. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, we're not old yet, so we are drinking WKD and a throwback to our youths, youths, youths. Um, yeah, youths. Uh, so Paul, what did you think? I thought it was a delightful read. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. I really liked all the old people. I used to volunteer in a in a care home. It's not a care home though. It's it's a retirement village. So I thought it was going to be in a care home, but it's actually quite a luxury retirement village. The kind of place I, I want to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, I used to I used to volunteer in a care home doing this project called Cocktails and Care Homes where <laughs> and Sarah did too. <laughs> and we all did. It was me, Izzy, Michael, Seth. we all and- used to go and yeah and it was class we'd just speak to all these old people and oh, one of them was like it took him about six months to speak to us and then he revealed that he was gay and that he lived in San Francisco and told me all of these debaucherous stories about when he was a mm-hmm. youth and he was like 90 and yeah so I, I didn't realize I loved old people until then so I really enjoyed them I loved Elizabeth she was absolutely class and Joyce was was very cute and yeah, I actually was, I, I was probably pleasantly surprised. I think I probably thought it was going to be a bit shit. Hmm. Or not a bit shit, but just a bit like, oh, that was okay. But I, I get it. I get why it did well. And I'm quite looking forward to reading the next one. A third one's in the works. Um, it's going to be made into a film. Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg. Steven, Spielberg's, Steven Spielberg's production company has bought it. Fucking hell. Well done, Rich. Oh, yeah. Just to tell you about the connection to Rich, my Rich. Oh, yes is I think we mentioned this before as well but <laughs> about when was it you know when it, it was you know what this is gonna freak you out it was filmed mm-hmm. seven years ago oh fuck off I was in it was after first year of uni oh um God. and I forced my mom to basically apply with me to be on pointless and of course 
I was chosen. Why wouldn't I be? Uh-huh. And not only did we go on pointless, we're fucking one pointless. Oy, oy. Oy. And if you want to know how much I won, it was £1,250 between that us. That went straight back to your mum, didn't it? Because you still owed her from your was it, like Malia days. Yeah, well, various things. But what happened was they said it's going to take about probably 30 days, 60 days to get the money. And I was like, ooh, I can't wait that long. So I made mm-hmm. my mum give, give us it. Oh. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, yeah paid her back when it I finally got it, but yeah it was it was a great experience. Richard was very lovely. I fancies Alexander more than Richard, which I think is quite <gasps> controversial because I remember yeah, Richard was Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year one time. Have they got I, a weird crush of the year? Well, do they still have Heat Magazine? Oh, again Good another question. another sad thing. He used to love getting the the double pack of Heat and More from you playing gra- ride. Oh, that's yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Grazia was a bit too classy for me. I loved Grazia because it made me feel smug. I liked looking at Spotted and it'd be like, um, Molly from the Saturday spotted having her hair done. And it's like, whoa. But yeah, so, but I fancy Alexander more, but I got to touch them both. They both shook my hand. Did you lick their backs? I had an ask, but there wasn't time. (laughs) They were wearing quite fitted suits. So... (laughs) But I think if I saw them again, they would let us. But yeah, lovely experience all around. I remember, first of all, I've got a story about that care home that we used oh. to, well, we used to volunteer, but I didn't volunteer nearly as many times as Paul. And this <laughs> is one of those stories that like, at the time I didn't do it to be funny. But now looking back, it's it's not even funny. It's just borderline insane. I was... <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. I was seeing a guy at the time... <laughs> And he was rubbish. He was just rubbish in every sense of the word, but he was particularly rubbish at texting me back. And it would oh. quite frequently go for a few days on end. And then he just messages back. Yeah, yeah, rubbish person. And I think there'd been one of these, there was like, a, but I, I just don't care about stuff like that. I don't care if someone's, I don't care about playing it cool. So I just message him and be like, oh, ignoring me, are you? Well, here's a blow by blow account of my day. <laughs> um, and I was, it was like during one of these periods where he was clearly trying to sack me off, but I was too relentless. <laughs> I'd like been sending him these messages. He'd not been replying. And we'd gone to that care home and he lived in the flat block opposite it. So I sent him a picture of his flat block from the window of his care home. Oh my God, did he know you were in the care home or did you just think you were outside his flat? He was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, ah! Oh my God. I don't think I ever clarified because I thought it was too funny. Like, um, but I don't, yeah. No, that's what I said was wrong. I think I thought it was hilarious at the time, but now looking back, that's grounds for like getting the police involved, isn't it? Yeah. We've um, both got problems with too much, I don't know, not not respecting boundaries, apparently. Yeah, no. um, yeah, that that was class. That is a it's by a project, it's by a charity in East London called Magic Me, and they're an intergenerational arts charity. Um unfortunately mm-hmm. that project's not around anymore, but they do all kinds of other stuff. Aww. But we're literally I was the party manager, my first management position, and <laughs> I would just go in I've once a month on a Thursday and set up oh. a bar. Oh yeah, Thursday murder club. And then just basically get mortal with a load of, they were all ancient as well. Some of them were like nearly a hundred and get them up dancing. One time there was a chicken. In fact, there was a chicken a few times from the primary school Mm -hmm. across the road. So weird. One of the residents loved the chicken, just sat with it in its lap and used to go, you're a lovely pussy. Oh, you're a lovely pussy, aren't you? To the chicken. (laughs) 
it was just um, wonderful it was it was a bit like a fever dream as well because totally. these parties would be decorated like you would do a theme oh yeah each, we had a pride theme one time <laughs> each month yeah i loved that and um but they would all drink like lemonade or you just you go do you want a gin and tonic and they go yes please and you go and get them a lemonade and they'd be like <laughs> but also the room was always set at like a hundred degrees celsius <gasps> oh, so your drink was just so like it was hot. Just, drinking hot gin and tonic it was so hot it was, You'd leave like pissed and just a bit delirious. They would always like, go out after. <laughs> it was like breeze at the care home. It was so good. Oh, I forgot how hot it was. It was like the surface of the sun. And at the beginning so of the every shift, I would have to be like, so um, could you just give me like the medication list? And I'd be like, here's a list of everyone who's on extreme medication and you must not give them alcohol. And it was like 90% of the people. And then like Vera would have um, a little glass of red wine or something. And uh-huh. one time we got Avocar to make snowballs and they all went insane they went mad for these <laughs> snowballs it's like the way that we're doing with the wkd they were like what it was bringing back all these memories it was it was honestly i was worried that they were all gonna fucking overdose on avocado and lemonade i'd never had one before it's actually quite delicious anyway back to the book what did you think of the book <laughs> um i thought it was gonna be better than it was mm. just because it was done really well but i did enjoy it it's like a really nice sort of easy read cozy cozy novel co- it was i fell asleep every single time <laughs> too cozy uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was a bit too cosy. Mm. But um, I think the characters were really good and really funny. And the plot wasn't predictable, which I worried might be the case. Did you fully get the plot? Yeah, I think so. I had to sit and have a good hard think at the end. Did you? Yeah, because there's quite a lot of uh, plot twists and red herrings. Yeah. And, and I was like, hang on a sec, who's that again? And some of them, I remember once going to a writing class and they were like, one of the, what, a good rule is to never have characters that ha- that start with the same letter. Oh my God, every single character. And there was yes. quite a few. So I think there was a Jason and there was a Johnny and I kept getting them confused in my head. And then at the end, I was like, eh, what's happened there? And, and then I, I think I got it. Oh, I thought you meant that because there was every character pretty much had a first name and a surname that began with the same letter. So it was a bit like a Cluedo murder mystery. It was like yeah. Ron Ritchie and... Um, oh, I see. I didn't even notice that. There were so many. It was a bit like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> the biggest, like, it was not an issue because I think it's entirely personal, but I just was so, so unable to divorce it from Richard Osman. It's like I almost read it in yeah. his voice. And I the, definitely did. The humour was just exactly his humour and like, obviously, but it was just, I don't know, which I suppose is a good thing because I was predisposed to like it because I like mm-hmm. Richard Osman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably thought, even though I've just said that it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, I probably thought that like it was cleverer than it that, actually was. I, th- I was just impressed with the plot because I don't read a lot mm. of crime novels, to be honest. But it, I mean, and I'm so easy to catch out. I'm the perfect audience for these novels because every time it seemed like it was going a certain way, I'd be like, oh, there we go. I've solved it. And then obviously I hadn't. But it did that like uh-huh. a few times. So it definitely yeah. kept me on my toes. But yeah, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not very good I at didn't... guessing things like this. <laughs> See, I, I really like to think that I am. Um, mm. And I, I did not get it at oh, all. Shit. I um, almost don't want to, though, because that's surely that's the whole point of reading a crime novel. I guess some people will get their enjoyment out of solving it. I just get my enjoyment out of being duped and finding yeah. it out at the end. Yeah, I, do. I like to I like to feel smug when I figured it out. Yeah. Like when I, I messi- what would we read and I'd messaged you and it was like 100 pages in. And I was like, I know how this is going to end. It was the, the black girl, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and I'm we like, you were right, weren't you? Yeah. 
so with this one I was like okay at what point am I going to message Paul and say I know who did it mm. and I just couldn't at any point so well done yeah. Richard the thing is it's a bit like a Poirot in the sense that you couldn't work it out even if you tried like it's not that there's mm-hmm. loads of hints left and you could piece it together it's like you, you know it all just comes out at the end sort of thing yeah. what did you think of the pacing just because that was something that I was like it, I mean at no point was I I don't think if I'd have read this book if I wasn't reading this book for the podcast I would have stopped I think I would have finished it but my god I thought the pacing was torture what some too slow yeah I think one thing that I didn't know if I liked or not was all the chapters were super short it was almost like James Patterson style mm-hmm. so I felt like I couldn't always get into what was happening before it had changed um but yeah it's not it's not like particularly short so I'm guessing yeah he probably could have cut some of the subplots but I guess that's what keeps you guessing yeah uh to an extent but the thing is I read this pretty much all of this when I was in Hastings with work and long story short I had let's see how many hours no, no. It took me five and a half hours to get home because of various disasters on tubes. Oh. Um, so I read like most of it then. So I think I was quite happy to have these old people keeping us company while I wanted to want to I smack I, I hit my head off the bus stop. Oh, I know. And then I thought I'm gonna get sectioned. No, like what how frustration? Yeah. <gasps> I hit me head. Like I was leaning against the bus stop, and you know when you see people do it oh, in soaps yeah. and stuff. And I thought oh, I'll I try that. that. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. And I was like, ah, that actually hurt. It was really embarrassing. Because this, by this point, it was midnight and I was waiting for a fucking night bus. And I was supposed to be in a school the next morning at eight o'clock. Luckily, I didn't oh, have to do it in the end. But yeah, I just thought, oh, what am I gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna hit my head. I just <laughs> whacked my head off the bus stop. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, if I didn't have the Thursday murder club, I, God knows I might have been arrested. Committed a murder. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but speaking of, we've undersold how popular this book has been. This mm. book is the only book to have reached upwards of a million copies in the same year it's, as its release. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And it's the it's the fastest selling crime adult crime novel of all time. It's what? I know. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's dubious sources. A lot of this is coming from Wikipedia, but it sold 45,000 copies in its first three days. Um, it's been sold to 16 different countries. In the week leading up to Christmas, it sold 134,000 500 copies making it the first debut novel ever to be Christmas number one the fastest selling adult crime debut it's the it's the biggest book that a lot of it's like this is the biggest book since records began in lots of different ways like it's it's definitely like the most commercially successful book of the last god knows how long um and and I'm not mad I think you know I'm happy for this cozy Mm -hmm. novel to be good what surprises me is it's not like it's been written by I mean which book would just sell like hotcakes like Ian H Watkins you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been written by Richard Osman. Well, that's why. That's why it's sold so well. I know, but Rich is Richard Osman. I guess he is a bit of a household name, isn't he now? Yeah. But I didn't think he was like that popular. Incredibly tall and sexy, yes. A close, <laughs> close friend of mine, absolutely. But I didn't know that he was <laughs> that popular. Yeah, I don't know. I think, wow, that is... Like Dawn French writes novels, right? Yeah, Dawn French, Graham Norton, I've read his novel. Ruth Jones writes novels. Why are they not as successful? Because Richard Osman is known for being a very clever man, isn't he? Oh, that's true. I mean, although Stephen Fry, his... Stephen Fry's too clever. I wouldn't bother. Yeah, he's like an everyman. He's like the... So whereas like Stephen Fry is an encyclopedia, Richard Osman is like the... Guinness World Book of Records. Wow, what a brilliant way to put that. (laughs) Yes, that is absolutely it. Yes, Stephen Fry is 
is is like an almanac and and mm. Richard Osman is the Guinness Book of Records. That is, I'm going to think of him like that forever. Do you know how he got that job on Pointless? Mm, no, I was going to try and guess, but what would be the point? Um, so he it was... Let me get this right. I think he was like a producer on it. He pitched the idea of the game and oh, really? he did it in a boardroom. And I think they already were thinking like someone like Alexander Armstrong will present it. And he uh-huh. pitched it and they were like, oh, no, you're so good. You're going to have to do it. So that's why they created that. Because when you think about it, his his job in that show, obviously it's important. Could but be done by a presenter. Yeah, like it, he doesn't need to be there, but that's kind of what made the show magical. And just another little uh, behind the curtain is that what you call it? Yeah. The laptop is not on. No way. Nah, it's just a prop. Oh my God. Give us more stuff like that. It's filmed in the studio adjacent to the chase, like right next door. And they have like this little pretendy rivalry about, oh, pointless, are you? You're from pointless, aren't you? We're from the chase, innit? I think, is it not like sort of universally known or at least nationally known <laughs> that pointless contestants are a bit smarter than chase contestants smarter and more beautiful i would say mm. i think they get the riffraff on the chase it's quite a it's a vetting process for it's basically like it's, a model it's it's like a go see you know and you have to bring yeah. your model and portfolio and do mm-hmm. a walk so you have to do like a walk down it was at the jury's in hotel so me and my mom had to do a sort of catwalk and then at the uh-huh. end we had to do poses at the same time <laughs> and then we had to show our abs and then we left and got the call 10 minutes later yeah um I don't know if I've got any more gossip Um, about Richard I mean he was just extraordinarily tall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they filmed them so quick they filmed like four episodes in a day so they just churn them out like that that change clothes special because you get two chances on pointless which is lucky for me because we were out in the first round of the first one (laughs) and I was so fuming because they paid for a stay in a hotel and the night before my mom was snoring so bad that I'd literally got no sleep and then my mom I had to say to my mom at four in the morning like baby gonna have to go for a walk around Boreham Wood so I can get some fucking kip so she went around at like sunrise and just walked aimlessly around this tv studio area while I had a bit of a sleep and then it was we were waiting in this holding room for ages and then got called out to do the first episode out in the first round and I was like you know what this is the worst day of my life ma'am and you've ruined my life it's your fault. Yeah, it was hundred percent her fault. And then the next episode we won, and I just forgot all about that. And I was like, "Oh, mom, mommy, I love you. <laughs> we did it! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> We're so clever." <laughs> yeah, and I was also fuming at her because she, she got a pointless answer in the last one before me. I got one yeah. too, but I didn't get the thing where the do the do. So she got all the glory, and they were all like the director came over and said, "Thank you." I was like, "Sorry, I'm here." <gasps> Really? Oh, yeah, he was flirting the shit out of her. I remember being on Twitter duty for that because she had said he didn't want to receive any hate. <laughs> so I was... Who <laughs> think I was? Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, hell. Yeah, so I was furiously refreshing Twitter. I was typing all of the buzzwords. I was like, Paul, pointless, hot man, pointless, sexy boy, pointless. <laughs> boy child, Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> big glasses pointless <laughs> yeah bins big bins <laughs> throbbing vein pointless <laughs> and anyway all there was was men just thirsting after you and I remember one of your answers to one of the questions was something hard wick and someone had tweeted I'd like Paul to harden my wick and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and and then just I thought, screenshot them and send it I'll- to you 
I looked at his picture and I was I was very not interested in hard in his way. <laughs> yeah, it's always the way, Paul. Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't talked about the book. <laughs> no, we've not. Should I talk about should we talk about let's let me go through some technical technical things, Paul. Okay. Technical things. <laughs> um What did you think so... of the cover? <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Um, There wasn't much description of setting, particularly. Not bothered. Kind of fine by me, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably the first book that we've read that's like that, though. Focuses entirely on character. And for some reason, that felt a little bit like juvenile. Felt a bit like Biff Chipping Kepper It. Especially because all the characters (laughs) had the same first and last name, like letters. And they all lived in this little toy town. But in terms of character... Because there were so many of them, I think he did mm-hmm. a very, very, very good job of making each one distinguishable and each one likable in their own way. They were all, I think they were all very, very likable. Oh, yeah. I thought they were yeah. all great. I would love yeah. to just have a session with them. I wanted a bit more shagging. Well, yeah, because it was, it was that hinted at, wasn't it? There was but a lot was of cock a... teasing and not a lot of shagging. And I thought... I think that's Richard finding his feet. He was like, I know what kind of man I am. I don't want to horrify people by making yeah. them imagine me shagging anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, speak for yourself. Um, no, but I well, think he could. I, I mean, obviously I'm joking, but I feel like he, I, I wanted a bit more of old people shagging. I don't know why that sounds weird as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. No, I do. Well, every book could always do with more shagging. Like yeah, that is- agree. Except Santa Daddy. No, I think that could have done with more. Uh, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I thought, you know what? That's a, that's a lie. Oh, I was going to say about that. Oh, I listened to a podcast with it where he talks about this book and he Ooh. was saying that, you know, it's like, because all of these characters are in their late 70s, mm-hmm. all of the main, sort of the core four, but he was saying how as a society, we just kind of get rid of people after a certain age. We're just like, you're useless and don't really care about you anymore. But then also it means that they get a free pass. And it was probably my favorite part of this book about how, like seeing these old people sort of twist and manipulate people into yeah. doing what they wanted and just getting away with it because they're old. You're underestimated. A hundred percent. It reminded me of this poem that my grandma used to have stuck on a fridge called When I'm Old, I Shall Wear Purple. And it's all about how like when you're old, you just don't give a shit. You can do whatever you want. And also same grandma. So she, um, she used to have this in her old house, this like big bookcase. I remember I'd gone over once and she had all the Fifty Shades of Grey on it. And I was like, oh. I was like, Grandma, I was like, Grandma, what? <laughs> you can't have Fifty Shades of Grey, blah, blah, blah. I was like, that, you know, that's horrifying. And she was like, I've got five children, Sarah. Like, what do you think I spent my youth doing? And I was like, <gasps> so, Non-stop yeah. shagging. Non-stop shagging. In fact, Legend. you can line up all of my, so it's my mum's mum. And all of her siblings are born pretty much nine months to the day after a considerable football match. So it's like, <laughs> my granddad would just be like, yeah, get in, and then go home and shag my grandma. Oh, that feels like- <laughs> Sarah? Yeah, sorry. You know what? If, if gay men could procreate, do you think it would be like nine months after Eurovision? Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> That's like Valentine's Day, isn't it? Imagine if the UK one, Eurovision, how many gay people would make little gay babies? <laughs> well, like after Robin's live tour. <laughs> yeah. Ali Pali. God, I would have been up the Hillary Duff if I could have been after that concert. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. 
still not talking about this bloody book. Okay, I've got a question for you. So it's it's sold to Steven Spielberg's film production. I don't know what the name is. And I don't know if someone quite prolific is writing the screenplay. But who do you think... You want me to cast it, it, don't you? Yeah, I want you to cast it. It does kind of matter, actually, because I suppose it depends on if it would be English or American. I think it would have to be English, yeah. Oh, he wrote and directed Mamma Mia 2, the guy. Oh, okay. Ol. He's called Ol, as in short for Oliver. Just call me Ol. Ol? Ol. I'm not sure about that. Ol, Um, as in like old man. Yeah. So, I mean, his production company will just be absolutely enormous, won't it? But yeah, so Mm -hmm. Ol Park, as you know. Well, you know who it's going to be? It's going to be the usuals. It'll be Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. But I was thinking about Maggie Smith. She's fucking ancient, you know. I know, that's true. How old is she? How old is our Maggie? See, these are in the 70s, these lot, and she's well into her 80s, I'm sure. 87. Yeah. What about Judy? How old's Judy? 87 as well. Oh, my God, twins. It'd be a cast of calendar girls, won't it? Exactly. That is, that's just what I was going to say. What about our mm-hmm. Julie Waltz? Julie Waltz, Julie Waltz, 71. All right. And then Allowed. it could be someone like Geraldine Hines or... Mm-hmm. Is that a name? Not Geraldine Hines. That apparently is the former Associate Justice of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Geraldine. <laughs> What's her name? Geraldine. Geraldine. I couldn't only think of Butler. She was from Calendar Ger- Girls. <laughs> Butler. Maybe it's not Geraldine. Um, Geraldine James, that's it. She's 71. Oh, we're casting this dead well. And then who would play Ron? He's a, pro- a cockney geezer, isn't he? A bit of a, just a shouty man. Yeah, who, Maybe let's Google like, famous put- shouty actor. Stephen Graham, but loads of prosthetics on him. Stephen Graham is so fit. Have we talked about how much I fancy Stephen Graham? Um, I think we might have done actually. He's still there. Shots. I do fancy him, but it's it's waning because I listened to his Desert Island discs and he just sounded like a bit of an idiot. Oh, uh, we have talked about this because I remember you saying that, but I don't know if it was yeah. on the pod or no, it wasn't. Who's Who going to play Donna, the policewoman oh, who's yeah. at twenty six? Um, Natalie Emmanuel. Is that what she's called? The Oh, yeah, I was picturing her. Were you? Was she in Game of Thrones? Yeah. And Hollyoaks as well. She was in Hollyoaks for a long time. Yeah, good choice. So we'll just quickly message them all. I'll put them on a group, on a WhatsApp. Judy, oh. Maggie, Natalie, well, I'll do that Stephen. You, you call Richard and just let him know that we've we've done the hard stuff. Yeah, and who's going to call, what's he called, Spielberg? Um, I can't be asked. Will you do it? Well, he's just a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? Oh, he's just annoying. Really annoying. I actually, I blocked him a few years ago because he just would not leave me alone. He was desperate for me to play um, Marilyn Monroe in a biopic. And I just oh. said, it's overdone, Stephen. It's overdone. But I mean, can you blame him? Yeah, he wanted me to play all of the fit people I can think of are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a woman. He wanted me to play Rita Hayworth. Oh, yeah. You, oh, my God. You are. The spitting image. Of Rita, Rita, I know, I know. You really but, are. Mm, sometimes I'll wear a, a nice big... emerald green ball gown. Ball gown, yeah. Yep, just to confuse people. Yeah. And they're oh. like, whoa, Rita. I thought, I thought you were dead, babe. <laughs> I thought you died in 1987. <laughs> and I say, no, no, I'm still here. Young as ever. Just oh, turned 30, actually. Two, three, four, married five times. Fit. Love that. Anyway, we've done a really shoddy job of talking about that book, Paul. I am looking forward to reading the next one. I think he'll be, I think he'll just be a bit more confident. The core four will be back to solve more murders. Hopefully he'll feel comfortable writing some sex scenes. Um, Yeah, so the next one's already out and we're doing that in a few weeks time. And then Mm. third one's on the way. Also in this podcast, they said, have you got any, you know, tips for any writers? And I was thinking, oh, 
I like stopped washing up for a minute. I was like, here we go. This is going to be it. And he went, I mean, just do it. Just do it. Oh, right. Richard said well, that. Well, yeah. Thanks, babe. Thanks, Molly May. <laughs> um, I've started watching Succession. Oh, uh, yeah. So I tried that. Oh, did you? And, then, uh, and do you know what? Storyline, fantastic. Acting, fantastic. I'll tell you what's lacking, Paul. Fit people. <gasps> I knew you were going to say that. I quite fancy Shiv. Yeah, she's fit. I've watched two episodes and I really like it. I'm going to watch some more. Oh, who do you fancy? Mm, Brian Cox. <laughs> Let me know if any shagging happens and I'll tune straight back in. Well, none so far, although he did get an inappropriate erection in episode two. I tell you what, had penises in it galore. Oh, it was the latest, ep- well, flaccid ones at the latest oh. episode of And Just Like That. And Just Like That, should I know what that is? Sex and City Reboot. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, oh, she, really? yeah. yeah, Charlotte's husband, Harry's Willie just flops out. And then there was another Willie as well. Oh, well, actually, one of the Willies was a really fit man. So just two two random Willies in that is weird. one episode. I mean, normalise the Willie, that's what I say. Yeah. It's just a bit yeah. of a shark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we're finished talking about Richard Osmond now. Yeah. <laughs> talking of flaccid Willies. Yeah, thanks, thanks Richard. Richard. I'll tell you an embarrassing thing that happened to me this week, Paul. Ooh, yep. So I had a flat inspection on Wednesday. And I also had an interview on Wednesday via Teams from 12 to 1. And the flat inspection, the window that they give me was from 10 to 4. And I said, that's fine, but please can you not come between 12 and 1 because I'll be doing an interview. And they said, yep, that's fine. Good luck. We'll see you after one props. And I was like, wicked. Obviously, at three minutes to 12, my flat buzzer was like, and I was just, yeah, I was like, just immediately furious, you know, and I think normally I would just be fine with stuff like that, but maybe because I was just a bit on edge about this interview. Oh, interviews are horrible. So gross, so mm. unnecessary. Like, can we not just, can you not A just, breach of human rights, I think. Just fucking hire me. Don't be such a weirdo about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Asking me all those questions, you perv. Um, <laughs> it's none of your uh, fucking when... business when I'm going on holiday. <laughs> now give me money and get off my dick. <laughs> and then, yeah, I went to the door and I was like a bit, I mean, it's very, very, very out of my character to ever be snappy with anyone. So I wasn't snappy, but I was a tiny bit self-righteous. Um, mm. So the judge was like, hi, I'm uh, here to do the flight inspection. And before she even finished the inspection, I was like, yes, I know. I've got an interview in three minutes. I did let the office know about this. Please, can you come back in about an hour? And then she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And immediately shot. And I was like, oh, fuck and she was like, I'm so sorry. I just completely forgot. And then I was like, oh, actually, it's fine. I'm just glad that you haven't come halfway through. See you in an hour. Did the interview and she didn't come back until like later on the afternoon. But I kind of just given this accidental big dick energy. Um, and then I felt the need to maintain it. So she was like asking me questions about the flat. And I was being like, well, I have spoken to the agency about this, but they've not come to fix it. And at this point, I've given up. I wasn't being like that at all, but in my head I was. <laughs> Yeah, I was just being a bit self-righteous. I was just being a bit of a bell end. Anyway, I was sat very importantly typing away on my computer. Obviously, as you know, I don't have a job that requires me using a computer, but I don't know what I was doing. Probably like playing Sims, but I was acting like it was important. <laughs> and she'd gone into my toilet. My toilet is so small that when you sit on the toilet, 
and close the door it touches your knees that's how tiny it is and so to try and make it a bit less bleak I've stuck up loads of pictures everywhere and like weird stuff all around the cubicle <laughs> and I always get I'm imagining like dead animals hanging from the wall all of a sudden <laughs> stuck up some the weird stuff signed, the signed picture of Paris Hilton that you got me for Christmas is up there oh fantastic and yeah, just lots of lots of strange little things to try and make it a little bit less um, like the chokey. And then <laughs> I always get a bit embarrassed when they come to do these side inspections. But I was like, no, I can't let this woman, for some reason I had this, I built this whole narrative in my head. I can't let this woman see any sort of chink in my armour. And so I was just like quite stoically typing away at this computer and she was in my toilet taking loads of pictures. And then anyway, she was like, okay, I'm all done here. And I was like, anything, anything to report? And she was like, no, no, it's all fine. Like I'll get back to you if there's anything we need more information on and then she left and then I went into the toilet to do a wee and I'd left my wee in the toilet from the previous go and to add in such a fucking injury poor I drink a Barocca every morning so oh, my wee was like the colour no. of this fucking WKD I, <laughs> I've never the iron brew one <laughs> yeah, honestly I've never been humbled more quickly I wanted to chase after her down the street and just be like I'm sorry about my toxic piss. I, I'm sorry about my attitude. I don't, I can't, oh. and I can't stop thinking about it. You know, those things where you're just about to fall asleep at night and then you jolt awake. Mm. And it's just that pit. And she was taking pictures in there. And it's such an offensively small room that it was staring right in the eye. picture of the way. I mean, I probably would just to show my colleagues and be like, oh, yeah. just being at this bitch's flat. <laughs> yeah. And look at her piss. <laughs> Freak. I remember one time in halls, I... Uh, was what I thought bleeding out of my penis um when I was doing oh away god. it was like red and I was like oh my god oh my god rang Michael what am I gonna do I need to go to the hospital what happens if it needs to get removed and then I realized I'd eaten a family-sized bag of vegetable chips you know like beetroot vegetable crisps yeah and it was that but it's weird because I've never had red way off beetroot any other time but that time it was yeah it was really scary um I've got an embarrassing story actually from this week, perfect. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's about excretion because oh, yes. I guess I got away with it really, but oh god, so I won't talk too much about Saturday night because Sarah gets FOMO because all of her friends were there and she wasn't because she's in Edinburgh. I've never been angrier. Yeah, but I mean, if I still it helps, can't actually think about it. It was just ridiculously messy. Like we went out for a meal and thought we would be thirty-year-olds, and it just descended into chaos and. I don't have my copy of the Thursday Murder Club because I left it somewhere in Blackheath. No, I know at my friend's house, but w- along with my coat and my keys. That doesn't help. I know, but it's just like, jealous. do I want to grow? Because now I don't have any keys. Ah, uh, you know what? All of that was pointless because this happened on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh my God, this is actually even worse because I've just thought that it was because of the hangover that I had from that, but it wasn't. It was the hangover oh, that I had I- from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake that oh. video that you sent me and it's michael in the background he's going we've got to be out at f- we've got to leave oh at yeah tomorrow, so we've actually got quite an early start <laughs> 4 p.m <laughs> yeah so anthony fed us loads of spicy foods and I, mm-hmm. he knows that i can't have them but mm-hmm. he said oh these might be a bit spicy and if i mix spicy foods with wine it creates a poisonous toxic substance in my guts and eruption. yeah 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 so but every time I just do it anyway because I don't I quite like spicy foods and I was hungry so I ate them and then drank wine drank wine drank wine and then the next day I went to the shop the shop's quite far away mm-hmm. and I had bags of things and it was just I was hot and sweaty and hungover 
And then I realized probably just as I'd left Sainsbury's, I'd say it's a good eight minute walk that I didn't know how long I, I had left. Oh, so no, I, well, it's just the worst. I was running. I was like running like, Paul, you can do this. You can do this. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Even if it comes out a little bit, it's fine. as long oh. as it, <laughs> it didn't. Thank God. So I ran upstairs and then I heard something drop, but I'd, I felt something drop almost. You only feel something drop rather than hear it. Yes. Okay. And yeah. I was like, eh, what was that? I had to take the music out of my ears because that was contributing to the, the I don't know, the vibrations or something. So, and then I got to <laughs> the house, I made it, thank God. And I thought, fucking cursing Anthony for feeding us wine and spicy foods. And then I realized that what had fallen out was oh, no. one of my beats, beats by Dr. Dre. I thought you were going to say the toilet roll that you just bought and say. Oh no, but I, ironically, I was carrying 16 toilet, toilet rolls because they were on special. <laughs> At literally 16 it must have and I, I was thinking when I was running do people think that I've like run to the shop to get these 16 toilet rolls and <laughs> <Yes>. run back <laughs> probably did anyway I lost one of my beats a singular beat and then I went outside and was just like looking up and down the street feeling really sorry for myself couldn't find it I've got insurance because <laughs> about a month ago I put my airpods through the wash so it's you know I've just been having a bad time then I rang the insurance place. In, it's actually based in Durham. And she was like, hello. And I was like, hiya, um, I've, I need a claim on my insurance. Okay, can you give us the product details? And I did. And she's like, okay, that's all I need from you. Someone will ring you soon. Bye. Cause the fucking haven't. <laughs> Still waiting for that call. Oh, no. So I've got no keys, no coat, no beats, and no Thursday Murder Club. Well, you've got friends at least. I know. And I've got me WKD. That's all that matters. It's like a common thing in Scotland. If you're walking down the street with a multi-pack of toilet roll, you're under constant threat of somebody winding down the window and going, hey, you're going for a massive shite! Look at her, she's got to go for a massive shite! <laughs> it's so embarrassing buying toilet roll. So Why is it? It's a normal bodily function. The one thing that's more embarrassing... <laughs> than buying multi-packs of toilet roll I mean I don't know why I keep saying multi-pack like you could just buy a singular roll <laughs> is taking rubbish out I find taking the bins out the single most humiliating thing that a human being has to do yeah like the, the recycling specifically or just any all of it all of it because I just hate mm. that first of all lifting up a big communal bin and swinging a big sack of my <laughs> shite <laughs> into it is mortifying and then the recycling because we I don't have like recycling you can just sh- slosh it straight into the bins mm. so then I'm taking out item by item what have you said what's more embarrassing than a multi-pack of toilet roll is thousands of the inner cardboard tubes just going one by one. Yeah, the cardboard <laughs> tubes are embarrassing. As soon as it's, even when it's, when you're just finishing a toilet roll, even if it's just you in that bathroom and you pull it and it's just the cardboard left, there's just something so awful about that, isn't there? And you sort of have to look around you for the next roll and then pick oh. it up and the brown thing's just staring at you. Even with Michael, like obviously if I've finished one, I have to leave the bathroom to put it in the bin. With it, yeah. You're like, yeah, and I'm like, it's just not a great feeling. Fine. I remember saying I was in Paris with school and my friend Teresa was buying tampons and I was like, eee, do you not get like embarrassed when you have to buy tampons? And she went, "Uh, well, no, not really. And she just looked at everyone and went, I am a woman. (laughs) (laughs) In the middle of this supermarket. And I was, and I was just like, you know what? You're so right. And ever ever since then, I've tried not to be embarrassed about when I don't buy tampons because I don't menstruate. (laughs) (laughs) But if I did. Yeah. 
obviously as we know this isn't a visual forum but on friday a few of my friends came over for dinner and one of them brought me a gift paul Ooh. so the first gift that he actually brought me was he listened to all of the podcast episodes back to back in the last week oh. and then he came with notes which was really wonderful oh. and also brought me and i'll put a picture of this on the instagram this i don't know if you can read that but it's sarah's bookmark for attention and he's made me a bookmark with the most ridiculous oh that's so is that hand sanitizer so there's a little hand sanitizer in a nice pink case with a big sparkly d on the front and his name's david so hi david uh this is obviously his personal hand sanitizer that he's just now committed to the cause of my bookmark i've got a nice little sparkly pom-pom a half a piece of velcro which I quite like the symbolism of, like he's yeah. the, other, the other. Oh, one. yeah. A Tesco club card, which right. is fucking great. I can't get enough. Mm-hmm. And a bike light. <gasps> there you go. That's fantastic. Where's mine, Isn't though? Does the bookmark have human hair wrapped around it? Uh, no, that's just a strip of camouflage. Oh, okay. Which I think is ironic. Yeah, because that's the last thing we want to do. <laughs> so thank you very much, David. Um, I would like a gift from someone. I don't mind giving my home address. If you just want to email and send me a gift, then that would be great. Because now I Sarah's can't... got a gift and I don't. I said you're the first fan gifter. Yeah. Right. Shall we talk about next week's book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, honeys. Next week's book is You Exist Too Much by Zaina Arafat. I've started reading it. I've read 15% enjoying it so far. All I know so Ooh. far is it's about a bi woman who is in a relationship with uh, someone, but also has this kind of, she gets obsessed with people and yeah, problematic relationships. And she's Palestinian American and her mother is Palestinian and is not a fan of the idea of her potentially being with a woman. That's all I've got so far, but we'll talk about it more okay. next week. So it's set in New York at the minute. I'm, I don't know if it goes anywhere else, but right now it's in New York. So I th- what I thought was, I want to do a New York cocktail. Ooh. So I'm going to go, I feel like there's loads, but I'm going to go for a Cosmo a la Carrie Bradshaw. But get this, right? This is how much I've thought about it. To add a Middle Eastern twist, we're going to use cardamom infused vodka. So all we need to do, I've looked, is buy some cardamom pods Mm -hmm. and pop them in the vodka for a few days. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to set a reminder and then I'll remind you to do it. And then you just put it in some vodka and just leave it. And then we just make a Cosmo the same way, but but put cardamom vodka in it. How do you make a Cosmo? Um, I believe it's, I think they, they want lemon vodka, but just vodka and lemon with Cointreau orange and a cranberry. Mm. Um, and lime juice or something but I think orange and cardamom go together sometimes okay, so yes that's exciting that's next week we're gonna have a Middle Eastern American cocky tea Ari. fabulous okie dokie well see you next week for you exist too much Woo-hoo. and just continue to be enormous fans please yeah <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs>